0: On this episode of Resi Week, ProSource ads aspire. DMF says it's time to embrace LEDs and premiering movies at home. I'll listen more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This
3: is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 269 Revolutionary versus Evolutionary. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
2: Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation.
0: Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for AVNation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have. Mr. Stephen Bronner. He is the owner of Pro Audio Georgia, currently basking in the Georgian sun. How are you, buddy?
2: Good afternoon, my friend. I'm doing out freaking standing. What a beautiful day in Georgia.
0: I, I I see that. Next, moving up the coast, before we come back down, we have Mr. Jason Knott. He is the chief content officer at CE Pro. How are you doing, Jason?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: Thank you, sir. And back down to Georgia for Mr. Ken Eagle. We can't have both Georgia guys to, like, even though you're technically a Detroiter, we can't have two Georgia guys. To-
1: well, you know, that's why I'm indoors. So Steven can be outdoors in the sun. I get my window behind me. So I'll go Perfect. out after we're done here.
0: That right there is Mr. Ken Eagle. He is the senior global director of training for Athlona. How are you, sir?
1: Hey, happy. Good to see you, man.
0: Good to see you. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. ProSource is going to feature Aspire in their lighting technology and learning center. Uh, If you don't know what that is, that is their new showroom where they're going to have multiple uh, rooms showing a bunch of different lighting technologies to help uh, both inspire and teach uh, their members about lighting. So we're we're gonna kind of have a bit of a lighting show today which makes me very happy. Uh, but as I said, their uh, their new showroom is going to feature Aspire, which is a new lighting brand, brand designed with custom integration in mind uh, that's supposed to elevate the human experience of light while connecting on a deeper level with integrators and clients in their space. Check this out. If you haven't heard of Aspire, uh, you may have heard of their uh, their parent company, which is WAC Lighting out of New York. Uh, they're uh, a fairly large uh, lighting company in in that architectural space, Stephen. Let me let me start with you on this. Um, Prosource is not the first to, uh, as far as buying groups, to jump on the lighting design kind of bandwagon, if we will. It seems to be one of the current trends, along with wellness. What do you think about the fact that they are uh, essentially building an actual center, uh, opposed to most of the other? Uh, buying groups ha- have gone the route of education and, and some lighting certifications and things like that. ProSource seems to be taking that a step further with the Lighting Design Center. Uh, are, are you seeing that as a, a, a big part uh, and a big benefit to ProSource members?
2: I think it's awesome for the members to actually see their money go into something that really benefits them. I think that is, uh, I wish other buying groups would do the same thing. Uh, I think it's an incredibly good move um, you know, we need to be able to educate people in our industry about what's going on and what technology is available and what better way to do it than to have the buying group you're a part of be an active part of that education. Um just like you, I'm huge on lighting and uh God, listen, listen, listen. this beautiful. That's just nice. <laughs> um, but um uh, but anyway, just wanted to uh I really, the point I wanted to make when we talked about this was is kudos, man. Kudos to ProSource for, for doing this, stepping out there and making it happen. That's just awesome. In my
0: opinion. Yeah, very good. Uh, Jason, when you see this, uh, you've followed ProSource for years. Uh, you followed this this move to, to lighting for years. We, you and I have talked about this for years, uh, not to continue to use that. What does it mean to you that, A, they're, they're working with a company like Aspire, But more importantly, that Aspire is kind of a a sub brand of a brand like WAC. That to, to me, that's, I don't want to say that's the bigger story, but that's almost the bigger story to me.
3: It is the bigger story. So this, this is really a microcosm of what's happening in the lighting control or the lighting fixture category. So integrators who haven't dove into it, many of them have told me the reason they haven't dove into it is because they're fearful of upsetting the relationship with their electrician partners. And so it's very um, clear why WAC or WAC Lighting has, if you notice, they never mention WAC in this piece whatsoever, and it's very purposeful because they want to separate Aspire as a brand targeted just for the integration channel, whereas WAC is for the electrician channel. And so, what they're trying to, you know, it's almost like people who don't know Lexus versus Toyota. Let's just say, um, they're really trying to delineate with the, from a brand standpoint. And I'm, I'm curious as to um, what the other guys think as to whether that's the successful move. Because you see a lot of people, uh, you know, like Steven even mentioned before we got on. Oh, this makes me feel even better knowing that Aspire is part of a bigger company, whack. But maybe they don't want people to know that. They want to be um, they want it to be a very separate, distinctive brand just for the channel so that it doesn't upset their electrical partners, too. So they're not just thinking about the integrator, but they're thinking about their channel, their sales channel, too. So I think it's the bigger kind of microcosmic picture of what's it happening in this fixture category, this push-pull between the low-voltage integrator and the electrician is not just happening at the dealer level, but also at the manufacturer
0: level. Yeah, that's a very good point. Ken, that was honestly part of my question to you was one of the things I see with integrators getting into lighting, not not just the control side, but the fixture, the, the lighting design is one, uh, it's a challenge to to teach integrators how to design with light opposed to just follow the electrician's lead and just throw them in. But how important is it that We as a channel have kind of some dedicated high power um, companies that we can go to that have products that we can sell opposed to just, I don't want to say piggybacking, but potentially having that fight with other specifiers over those fixtures.
1: So, you know, lighting to me is a lot like audio in a way in that it's very, um, demonstrable, you, you sort of have to experience it, right? It's difficult for me to really convey or to teach something like lighting on a video conference or in a brochure or on a website. And I love the idea of ProSource having this technology and learning center because now dealers can get in and see it, experience it, understand it, learn it, right? And I think it's very important to have that and to have that connection especially for the, um, for the custom integration channel, as opposed to just being a, a big uh, electrical outfit or going into a, an electrical store, uh, seeing it in a custom solution where it's built in and you can see how it was designed, the thought that went into that design. You can experience it the way a customer will experience it in their home. That helps you learn how to design and put that in. So I think it's very important and I love what they're doing here. Like Steven said, I, I'm very excited about that.
0: Yeah, Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. I told you this was going to be a lighting show. DMF Lighting, it's a a Q&A between Jason Knott and DMF Lighting's Mike Liebman. Am I saying that right, Jason?
3: It's Liebman.
0: Liebman. Sorry about that, Mike. Uh, Explaining how modular LED lighting has changed the game and how the level level of lighting design training is, is not only needed, but they're offering some. Uh, Read through the story. It's a really good Q&A with a a CI-specific lighting manufacturer. Jason, let let me start with you on this. We just talked about the benefits of a large company having a, a, a sub arm that's doing something specific for the CI channel. Again, I think that's great. I also think that this is great. What is the big difference between kind of the the two approaches of having the the smaller manufacturer like DMF, who's making things specific for our channel?
3: Yeah, this again, you, you're hitting it right, man, man, You're so intuitive today. It's like great. Um,
0: just today, come on, man.
3: Just today, I'm just going <laughs> to point out today. Yeah. Um, so the the key thing here is this again shows you what's happening in this in this category that. When there is a sea change in technology, it opens the door and creates opportunities for smaller companies to actually make an entree into a market. So you know, you've seen this happen, and you know, we could countlessly name so many other categories where a new technology comes in, all of a sudden it's an opportunity. Nobody has a, a giant market share Nobody's dominating in the fixture category. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of a Wild Wild West show, and it allows a company like DMF, who's a smaller company, to come in with something targeted for the channel, um, just like uh, WAC is coming in with its Aspire line, just like Environmental Light, just like Color Beam. I mean, there's so many, so many um, companies entering the category now. But um, again, I think you hit the bigger... The big, the nail on the head here, the bigger picture is that this category is so new and it's so revolutionary that uh, nobody's got a market share, and it's an opportunity for for any company to come in and, and plant their foot in the ground.
0: Yeah, that's very important, uh, Ken. Back to you on this. Um, the the thing I really like about this this interview is not only did they, you know, have a nice little Q and A about the product and about the company. But at the, bat, at, the, at the bottom of the article, Jason asks about the level of lighting design knowledge. This is and has been kind of my, my axe to grind with this part of the, the, the industry these days is there's a lot of companies playing in the lighting space, and there's a lot of integrators who are trying to get into lighting, and respectfully, very few of them understand light from a design aesthetic. How do we go about properly understanding, not just the technicalities of lighting design, but the aesthetics and how you can beautify a space with light, learn enough so that you can get in and actually express that to a client properly.
1: Yeah, that's a That's a, uh, again, a good intuitive question there, Matt. I mean, we do focus in the industry a lot on, you know, how do you do things? How do you wire properly? What are the proper standards? How do we can configure and program? And, and, uh, you know, consideration isn't always properly given to, in the case of lighting, I think the design element, you know, how how do we make this bit? How do we, how do we uh, really make an integrator successful when they pitch this to the customer? And this is a challenge that's, um, you know, not unique to DMF, for example, it's unique to all manufacturers. I work for a manufacturer. Uh, If I've got a product that needs um, special design consideration, and I don't teach the integrator how to do that, then they sell my product into a market where a couple of things could happen. It's not tremendously successful because it's not really installed to its full potential. Uh, The customer has a bad experience with it. Uh, or uh, I don't get spec'd again somewhere else. So there's three different ways I can lose by not educating that market and teaching them. So I think it's on the manufacturer a little bit to create programs to help train these integrators on the design element behind their product. And I think it's to the best interest of organizations like Cedia to come out and partner with some of these manufacturers and promote that and offer some kind of a class in it. And I don't necessarily mean it has to be done at like a trade show, but Cedia has a great new space in, uh, in uh, Indiana. And maybe they have lighting in or haven't been up there recently. Uh, but now with you know groups like ProSource or wh- whoever might be out there, even regional-based examples where you can uh, maybe team up and host some kind of design-centered training in one of these design centers, I think is a great way to approach the market, start to get that education knowledge
3: out there. Yeah, let, let me let me interject real quick. One thing I think is interesting is I remember seeing a, a quote from Lutron years ago that they said, you know, what percentage of, of homes in America do you believe have had professional lighting design? And their answer is 2%. Yeah. Only 2% of homes have actually had professional lighting design. So anything that an integrator brings, any level or skill set that he can get in that space, he's separating himself from and opening up an opportunity to separate from a category that is really yet not being delved into at all. So um, I don't want to diminish the importance of lighting design, but just no. know that most homes don't have it done right, and have not had it done.
0: You know, I was walking through a home actually yesterday which is a rarity for me uh, to do a site visit on a Sunday, but uh, we had a client in from out of town and we're walking through the space and we were talking lighting. And I asked who was, you know, do they have a, do they have a design? Do they have something going on? How can we help? Oh, the electricians got it down. And then we proceeded to have the conversation, about how poor most electrical designs are when it comes to lighting. Uh, Steven, you and I were talking uh, ahead of the show a little bit about this. And I love what DMF is doing and they've got some fantastic products. They've, they've won some awards for some of their products. The concern I always have with CI lighting products is because that market is so small, there's there's concern. We've seen it with quite a few lighting companies over the, the past couple of years. They show up to a couple of CDs and then they're no longer around. What is the what is the big driver to push some of these companies into longevity?
2: being revolutionary not just evolutionary that's the difference you have to make a difference so um i like these dmf products i think it's an interesting product uh, modular lighting so you can adjust it afterwards Um, i think that's a very cool idea don't get me wrong kudos to them i think it's a really awesome idea I just don't think it's – I just don't see the penetration, the space penetration. I don't – by the time a homeowner gets done building their house, the last thing they want to do is go around changing out life fixtures. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, when was the last time you saw a homeowner at the end of a home construction in the mood to change anything? Uh, they're just ready to be done. So a modular lighting system uh, like that is kind of a cool idea, but I just don't know how much uh, lasting power it has. Um, if you want to talk about lighting technologies that I feel like are, are you know, revolutionary instead of just evolutionary, it's not just little changes over time. Um, look at POE Lighting. Uh, POE Lighting, uh, Poet is a company I've been uh, talking to. Uh, it's POE WIT. Um, let me tell you something. If I told a homeowner and I'm working on this now that I can take everything electrical in their house from the waste up and make it low voltage, um, that is revolutionary. Uh, it's full dimming, uh, all PoE. You can actually keep the lights on with a battery back up to a PoE switch instead of you know having to run to a generator, takes loads off your generator. It is an amazing, um. <laughs> Sorry if my mic doesn't sound good, everybody. Uh, it is an amazing technology where that is a revolutionary change. Um, you know, Poet is doing some amazing stuff with that, whereas uh, DMF, it's uh, it's evolutionary. It's a light fixture. We've had light fixtures. So what did they do? They said, OK, well, what if I wanted to change that light fixture once I got done with the project? That's a cool idea. i take tell you nothing from them. I think it's actually really awesome. But uh, I don't know if a Lego system light fixture is really what's going to revolutionize the market. Um, we'll see. We'll see. And I wish them the absolute greatest of luck, like any other entrepreneur. Uh, they've been around for a while, and I think they'll probably find a way to make it work. But I think what we need now is out of the box thinking. And uh, you know, Poet, what they're doing, and they're not the only ones. You know, but but uh, it's a company I've been talking to. What they're doing with Poe lighting. Man, that is a huge change, especially for commercial projects. Electrical cost on commercial projects is ridiculous. So now I tell an electrical, you know, the, the architect that's bidding an, a commercial project, hey, everything from the waist up, I got it. Everything from the waist up, we run on category cable, Uh, Everything will be fine. You can dim individual sections. You can tie it in with alarm systems so the lights do different things. They turn on with the alarm systems. It's all native. You don't have to have extra integration modules. That's the kind of thing that's revolutionary. Uh, Like I said, uh, I I wish them the greatest of luck, but I think what we need to focus on as an industry is how do we make revolutionary changes, not just evolutionary changes.
0: Speaking of some big revolutionary changes, uh, our next story comes to us again from CE Pro. Hollywood Studios have released their post-COVID plans that should spur up your home theater business. Uh, If you've missed it, Disney, Warner Brothers, and Universal, uh, to begin with, have plans to continue with shortened windows for in-home viewing or literally no window at all. If if you don't know what I mean by that, Jason in the article does a great job of explaining it, but essentially the the window is the period from which that film is released in a theater to when you can access it, not in a theater uh, on online or at home or streaming or back in the day in Blockbuster. Um, Jason, th- this is this has been a, a huge thing going forward and we've seen some stuff specifically with uh, Disney, where they have really kind of, I don't want to say they didn't lead the way initially, but as soon as Disney plus came out, they kind of took it, took it over real quick. And they're doing a bunch of things, including new films that are streaming day and day uh, or streaming directly. And not even in a commercial theater, as well as having premier access fees. All of these seem to be, uh, you know, what you're expecting to see from these studios to, kind of i don't want to say appease the the theater market but soften that blow a little bit is this is this what we expect to see for the just the future in general or do you think this is a timed gut check
3: well again i think this is a this is a real big picture conversation and i'll be curious to ken and steven think about this too is and because i've gotten people who gave me feedback from that already, some people saying, oh, I can't wait to get back in a commercial theater. Just like, I can't wait to go on a cruise, I can't wait to dine in a, at a restaurant, or I can't wait to go to a, a trade show. And other people who told me, I'm never going to a commercial theater again. Uh, uh, it's, those days are done. And I'd be curious as to what the, the, the group thinks is, you know, do you think in general, um, we're seeing the long term death knell of the commercial theater business in favor of the in home cinema, which is good news for integrators. Or is this just a temporary COVID, you know, uh, fear mongering situation and that this is going to come back? And, and two years from now, people are just going to be dying to get back into movie theaters.
0: So, Ken, I'll, I'll have you answer Jason's question, uh, as Stephen, I will have you ask that or answer that as well. But I'll also ask you, Ken, um, once you answer his question, how do you go about marketing this? Because this, this is a huge, like, obviously, you, you shouldn't leverage Disney's name, because uh, you'll get papers from, from lawyers for that one. But this is a huge opportunity.
1: Yeah, so this is really cool. And you know, to answer Jason's question, partly, I'm a little like, emotionally split on this one because I, I love I, love, I have home theater I love what's been done this past year you know Wonder Woman came out over Christmas. We watched that here as a family and then we had um, some close friends uh, who were over we watched Wonder Woman like four different times all right be, because we could uh, mm-hmm. you know because, because we could download it and watch it there and it was you, you know you couldn't go to the theater and see it so it was just really cool to, to be able to be able to do that. So I like that and yes I do think um, this does signal the death of some portion of the big commercial cinema industry. Um, I think, you know, the, the big going out to the, to the theater just to sit through a theater and see a movie, I think we're starting to see that go away now. Now, what I think will stick around are the boutique theaters where you can go in and you can have a meal and there's a, there's a bar there and there's a theater. That's still a different experience. That's a good social experience that I think adds a lot of unique value that I think people wanna go out and do, especially post pandemic as you wanna mingle with people and be able to go to the theater. So I I think there's something uh, there for sure. Um, And another reason why I'm partially split is a good friend of mine last week, rented out a local movie theater here for his wife's 50th birthday party and invited like 40 of the closest friends they came in. The theater provided drinks and popcorn. They brought their own cake and some snacks for out in the lobby. You had to wear masks mask in the lobby, but you could take your mask off when you go into the theater. And we brought a, he brought a Blu-ray of his wife's uh, favorite movie back from the early 80s, and we watched it. And it was cool. Nostalgic. I enjoyed being in a theater. It brought back that excitement, like, wow, I want to keep going back to the theater. But I don't I think it's kind of still too little too late. I don't think you're going to drive enough excitement back into the theaters to really save that whole industry because I'd still stay at home and watch it when it comes out if I could, because my experience here is incredible. Um, And then you asked, uh, how how do you go about marketing this as an integrator? How do you market this? Well, I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, certainly you don't want to cause panic by saying don't go out because there's still COVID out there or something so but i think you got to sell your services you know you you put a lot of investment into uh, your in-home solution and there are now that you know have the ability to watch these movies within a short window of when they're actually released so i think that can be part of the talking point when you're selling or upgrading your customers uh, to that and again don't use the disney name but i mean certainly the services that you're offering, there's a benefit. There's a more immediate benefit to them now than maybe there was in the past.
0: Yeah, very good, uh, Stephen. Uh, I, again, if you can answer Jason's question, um, and then, you know, the 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 one pushback I always have on this uh, through the year is this: is this is great for people that have the space or the the means in which to have a, a, a real dedicated space but for the majority of people, they don't have that. They're really happy if they have a big screen TV and, you know, a quality sound bar. Will that kind of divide push how effective theaters are going forward?
2: So first to answer Jason's question, um, Jason, the answer to your question is that it's completely original. Um Uh, uh, it's all scare tactics, no matter which side you're on. Uh, If you go around here in Georgia, uh, Alabama, Florida, uh, basically anywhere in the Southeast, Texas, these places that were open early, you know, had fewer or, you know, the same amount of cases as places that were completely locked down. uh, You're going to find people say, I'm not worried about this. I'm ready to get back in the theater. Uh, me, I have a beautiful setup at home and I love going to the theater. As a matter of fact, we almost went this weekend to see Nobody in the theater. It was, uh, it's a cool looking movie. Uh, it's like suburban John Wick. So we were going to go see it and see how, and, but uh, other things happened. So I think it's completely regional. I bet if you ask this question across the board, you would find that your answers become extremely regional. Uh, because I talk to people all over the country and I can tell you that my answers I'm getting are very regional. Um, so I think it's all about how you feel and how the people around you feel. Um, it's, you know, I just don't, you look at the numbers and you can make up your own mind, what they say, uh, lockdown, no lockdown, whatever, as far as people being scared for two years, three years, that's not going to happen. We're Americans. We're a consumer-based society. We buy stuff. Uh, we buy experiences. We buy ignore the Canadian; he doesn't matter. Um, but we buy experiences. We buy stuff. Uh, we're notorious for buying stuff. People got fourteen hundred dollar checks. Did you see memes on on Facebook or social media about oh I took a trip to Jamaica? No, somebody bought a camel. I mean, come on, man. We're Americans. We just buy stuff. So yeah, people are going to spend their money. They're going to go out. They're going to have fun. Um, You know, especially down around here, man. I mean, this place never really slowed down. I had one of my best years ever this past year. Um, People are wide open. So as far as how to sell this, you don't sell this. You sell you. That's what you sell. You don't sell this technology or that technology. You sell you. You tell your clients, I'm here to provide you with this experience. And then you follow through. Uh, if your client is a big movie person, it's your job to know they need HBO Max or uh, Apple TV Plus or, uh, you know, whatever, so that they can enjoy those same day release or Disney Plus, those uh, day, same day of release movies. Uh, if they're a sports person, it's your job to know what streaming services have live sports and which ones don't. Who carries soccer? Who carries football? Who has the NFL, um, uh, what is it, the season pass or whatever? It's your job to sell you and then your client trusts you and you interview your client, find out what they need and that's what you're selling. So that's my answer to the sell question.
0: All right, very good. Uh, Jason, if you're, if you're curious, um, I think that the, the standard theaters will return. Um, there will be a, a big push as, as Ken noted on those boutique theaters. Um, but there is something about a shared experience it's the same reason concerts will come back and, and are coming back depending on where you are um, there's something about as much as I want to go hear Chris Bodie play a trumpet to just me and like my family that's not the same as going to see him with 5,000 other people who are all sitting there and enjoying that and enter whatever artist you you want to talk about there um obviously there's differences between those intimate situations and those large experiences but i know that as soon as they finally release the new bond i will go see that in a theater because i want to experience that with not only my family but with other people that love it and enjoy it just like the last uh john wick movie i went to go see there's something about when he does something violent <laughs> and everybody in the theater goes, Oh, that's phenomenal. And, and that's why we go to see those in, in theaters with large groups of people, but it will be regional. It will, you know, take time and all those fun things. Uh, yes, Stephen.
2: I want to say this. I love boutique theaters. I think they're freaking cool. But if the major theaters don't make it, the boutique theaters won't make it because they won't be able to afford the movie rights. Mm. Most of your boutique theaters are owned by your major lines. So uh, just keep in mind that if your major theaters don't make it, the movie rights will be too expensive for them to turn around and do the boutique theaters. So let's keep everybody in business. Yeah,
0: 100%. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap up there. Thank you all for joining us today. Mr. Bronner, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, where do they do that?
2: They can walk up to my chair right now. I happen to be sitting in uh, in my truck for a second, but uh, no, they can look me up, uh, Pro Audio underscore GA uh, on Twitter. They can look up on the, uh, web, the website, ProAudioGeorgia.com or ProAudioCarolinas.com. And uh, just reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you guys.
0: Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Knott, thank you for joining us as always. It has been a pleasure. If people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where do they do that?
3: They can obviously go to cepro.com and subscribe to the magazine for free and the newsletter for free. And they can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Knott.
0: Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Eagle Thank you, sir. Always appreciate your your time. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Athlona, Where do they do that?
1: Well, that's an easy one at lona.com. Check us out online. Lots of great tools on that. We added a new vlog this year. Uh, definitely check that out. A lot of good articles coming out of Atlona on that page as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matty Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.